the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God is love. That is the title of our series. And today, we want to focus in on how God expresses that love to you and I. Join us for Truth For Today. So how does God express His love towards those He does love? Well, I'm glad you asked. We have a few answers for you. If you'll join us in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10, it's there that we'll start mining out some of those answers. You see, at the end of the day, we'll see that God shows His love in grace and mercy. And that is the ultimate expression of this amazing love of God. Join us from Valley Bible Church in Hercules... Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. If you're not praying, you're not in love with it. You know, um, I had a, uh, a sad story. A, a beloved brother of mine, he, um, he, uh, his wife left him. And so I saw him one day. And I was trying to save the marriage. And uh, he says to me, uh, Pastor, what do you say when your wife says this? I love you. I'm just not in love anymore. Wait, wait, let me get that again. I love you. But I'm no longer available to you. You better believe I'm not going to sleep with you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be with you. I'm moving out of the house. But I love you. I'm just not in love. Now, what does that mean? I love you, God. I just don't want to do what you say. I don't want to talk to you. Don't be offended. I just don't want to talk to you. I don't have anything to talk about. You mean you you don't... you love me, but you're not in love with me. That's right. People in love with each other love to talk to each other. People in love with each other love to be with each other. People in love with each other share their lives with each other. People in love share resources together, share sorrows together, share joy together. Share pain together. They share everything together. And God says, you ought to be praying in the spirit, which means you ought to be praying under the control of the spirit. And he won't pray nonsense. He won't pray anything contrary to the will of God. But you ought to be dependent and relying and praying. And sometimes our prayer times are as dry as dust. You know they are. In my early Christian life, I could barely get on my knees until I wept an hour. I, I, I learned to pray with my sister. She was a weeper. And we grew up as weeping people. We, never, we never knew what a prayer meeting was unless you wiped your eyes. 
It was so full of emotion and expression and power. Wow, I miss it. I don't have it as much as I want it. But you just pour out your heart to God and, and it's like, like taking a bath, right? Like taking a bath. Then I've had, I, I, I shared with the church how that uh, studying the Bible will just dry you out. I'm waiting for some protest out there. And I, I studied 20, 25 hours, the text. And guess what? Some Friday nights, I'm whooped. I'm whooped. I'm mentally wore out. I am dry. And because you study yourself dry and you have to pray yourself on fire. If you've never been there, you don't know. I'm saying, God, I know this much. The wood is dry. I just need the fire. And the fire comes from praying. I remember and I admire that Dave Hurtado listened to me. I cry if any of the staff listened to me. And uh, when he first graduated from Talbot, he came back. He was hired on staff. I don't know. I just had this burden. And I called him my office. I said, David, you're a wonderful young man. Been in this church since he's 14. And precious, you know, kind of a, a boy that just grew up in this church and loved Ted Montoya. Took him in like a son. Wonderful, wonderful. I said, David, I'm so proud of your education and everything. Okay, you're going to be starting on staff. Yeah. I said, you know what? You're getting ready to fail big time. Because you think that degree is going to make you red hot. And you're going to be as dry and as dead as you can be. I said, we got a prayer room downstairs. And there's no other place, any job I know, that will pay you and give you time to pray an hour every day and be on the payroll. If you don't get acquainted with that prayer room, and if I never get to catch you on your knees, you're headed for failure. Because you're not going to last in the ministry. God's not impressed you got a degree. He's going to ask you what's your temperature, and you only get that in the prayer room. And you know why some of you are so dry, even the Sunday school teachers, you're dry in your Christian life. You gave up praying. You don't have a prayer life. You found other, you got a text life. Maybe we get God on the internet. If we, if we just plug God in, maybe you'll talk to him. You, you know a bunch of trivia pursuit garbage. You're consumed. Boy, I'll tell you, my wife gets me if I'm reading the newspaper at breakfast. But I look over there, she'll be on the phone. I said, well, what's the difference? I need to read the sports page to be up to date. And you're over there texting a bunch of nuns. Tell them to wait. How's your prayer life? I, I don't have time for that because is it not amazing how many things rush your mind when you want to pray? Uh, I got a bill to pay. I got a letter I need to write. I got someone I got a text. Uh, I, you know, I, Lord, I would, I would, but I, I just don't have the time. Well, you do too. You don't, you got time to do what you want to do. Pray in the spirit. Does anybody catch you doing that? Don't always say a Bible study. Don't tell me about Bible. Oh, you're anti-Bible. Oh, you'd have to be out of your head to say that. 
But I've come many a Saturday. I was so dry. I said, God, I know what the Greek says. I know what John MacArthur said. I know what this guy said. But you know what? I don't have the rust of your spirit working in me. I'm going to be as dry as dust tomorrow or as cranky as I can be unless you touch my spirit. I can't preach unless you do something inside of me. It ain't just information. No, no, I love what Spurgeon said. The written word he loved, but he was only saved through the preached word. God ordained that men preach and that they preach in the spirit and that their preaching is not in the vain wisdom of men, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. People with spirit-filled ministries pray. They pray, they pray, they pray. We don't need better sermons. We need better praying. Oh, I tell you, we we'll look. Uh, I pray that God's working in our men and father, son, get away with all these men. I pray the spirit of God's working up there. You must be praying. Are you just as dry as dry can be? You, no one's told you that because we're too nice in this church. But some of you can bore us to death with the Bible. Because you haven't prayed over it. You haven't prayed over the people. We can tell sometimes people say, you know what, there's not, sometimes you preach, you act semi-angry. I said, well, I sure am. And sometimes you come to church and you act semi-angry. Got quiet now if he's going to tell his life. Because unless I pray, unless I call on God, I can be as cranky as anybody else. But it's terrible to do it from the pulpit. I got to pray to get my heart straight. I got to pray until God makes me love you like I ought to love you. And I can't get it just by study. I got to get it by study and prayer. Build yourselves up in the word and pray in the spirit. And thirdly, what does he say? Be waiting and longing for the mercy of our Lord. A phrase that refers to his second coming. That when he comes again, it will be a merciful coming. It will be a merciful coming, which means when you see Jesus, he's not going to bring up your faults. By the time you see him, everything will have been settled. There'll be no charges against you. He's going to evaluate your life's work, but that will not be to condemnation. Just he'll say, that's worthless, that's valuable. And he's going to make the appraisal. And so how much of your life has worth in his sight was worthy of him, so to be an appearing in mercy. Then he gives the fourth thing. He says, probably, they're seeing in the church people being picked off by these false teachers. And they're in three different categories. He says, I want you to learn to show mercy to people being ensnared, misled, and confused by the false teachers that have invaded the church. This is what I want you to do. Notice what he says. And have mercy on those who doubt. And this literally means they, they're questioning. They, they don't know if Christ is truly deity. They, they not be, may not be sure about the Bible. They may not be sure about uh, ethical, moral issues. Yeah, whatever. Because these false teachers said it doesn't matter what you do sexually. 
They taught lasciviousness. Live, live with anyone, do anyone. Uh, and they did not, Jesus is a good teacher, but he's not God. All that. And uh, he said, they're doubting. I want you to show mercy on them. Isn't that interesting? I'm afraid sometimes we're not merciful to people who have false views. Did you know we were all wrong at one time? This is going to be meddlesome to you. Should we be hateful to a Jehovah's Witness? Is that our assignment? Throw them off your porch. That's false. Or should we be kind at the door? Don't let them in. I did. Two women acted really nice and they kept knocking on my door. Finally, I let them in. I got my Greek Testament. And I said, tell me what John 1.1 says. Go. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, we can't read Greek. Well, I can't. You tell me what the Greek says. Let me tell you what it says. Are you ready? Hangton logos estin arche. In the beginning, arche, the logos was being. That's an imperfect tense. He was being the word of God. See that? They never came back. <laughs> I got him a cup of tea. I was as sweet as, because God made me see Who's going to lead them to the Lord? Now, if you're a new believer, please don't have them in for tea. And don't try to get in an argument. But I figured I could handle it. And I wanted to show mercy. I believe God could save a Jehovah's Witness. I believe God could save a Mormon. I believe God could save you. I'm not commanded to be hateful. Some of you didn't need God's help to be hateful. You're born that way. <laughs> or you get a Jewish uh, person. Let's be, you know, those Jews are odd. Uh, you talk about being odd, you ought to be a Gentile. Remember, they started out with the truth. We were the ones that didn't have it. And God sent us a bunch of apostles that evangelized us. They happened to be Jewish apostles. Don't be arrogant. Don't be arrogant one against the other. He goes on and he says, save others by snatching them out of the fire. Wow, that's more intense, isn't it? And and the idea is there, I mean, it seems to be these people have been so misled that he views them in imminent danger. They're on the edge. uh, Well, he sees them in a burning house. I, I mean, it's right there. Uh, other words, get a sense of urgency in you when you're dealing. They desperately need mercy. Uh, they're on the brink of some fatal choices, uh, fatal thinking. And, and would you urgently try to help them? Would you urgently try to rescue them? Or would you say, well, they got hell coming. So did I. Because they're, they're, they're in the church, obviously. He's writing to them. And they're being influenced by these false teachers. So he says, boy, you keep in the love of God. You keep in the word. 
You keep it praying. Keep looking for his coming. And your attitude towards people in the meantime is a dispenser of mercy. And mercy means compassion upon those suffering from some aspect of sin. It can be physical. Look, it's the most descriptive word of Christ when it described his emotion. He felt compassion for them. Think of this. When you're a perfect God, perfect God, surrounded with angels, surrounded with the Father, and you can see the Father, you can see the Spirit, you're adored from all eternity, and now you move to the ghetto of this universe, wouldn't everything bug him? And yet he said, I see a fallen woman, I want to forgive you. I see a blind Bartimaeus, I want to heal his eyes. I see a leper, I want to, why aren't you bugged? Aren't you holy? Aren't you, tell him you're holy. Tell him you can't get dirty with him. He said, I came to have compassion on them. Does anyone ever accuse us of being compassionate? A lot of the religious right are always hostile and hateful. That's why the liberals can't stand us. We couldn't lead a liberal to the Lord if we wanted to because they think we hate them. Shouldn't, shouldn't be. They ought to see the love of God. I'd do anything I could to snatch you out of your sin. Matter of fact, you may still be a liberal politically. I'm concerned about where you're going to go. Can you know Jesus? Could you know Jesus and vote Democrat? <laughs> hey, let me tell you, when you're in Texas, they, that would be hard for them because you've got to be Republican. What does the party have to do with how we treat people? What does the party have to do? We're to love all mankind. God has called us to hate no one. Hate sin. Hate our own coldness of heart, but not to hate people. He goes on. Third category in this mercy. Uh, to others, see, third category. To others show mercy with fear. Hating even the garment stained by the flesh. This is graphic. I've gone to ICU units before where I had to get dressed, wear a net over my hair, mask. The person was infected. They said, Mr. Howard, we don't want you to walk out with their disease. Get dressed. Do that. When you're working with TB victims, you better have your face covered. When you're dealing with lepers, you better not get the infection. Many a person in medicine, one mistake, one pricking of the finger at the wrong time, exposed to the wrong disease, has killed them. And here he's saying, there's some people so infected by their lifestyle and their sin that while you're pulling them out, you may become contaminated with their disease. This is a big issue when you're dealing with sex trafficking and sexual sins. Be sure you pull them out and not fall in. We had a brother in our church went into counseling, but in his counseling began to deal with sexually troubled women 
who led him astray. Sin is contagious. Sin is lethal. Can we deal with the sinner without catching their disease? That's what he's saying. Have mercy. Seek to bring them relief. But at the same time, pay attention. Pay attention to your own life. Lest you catch the disease you're trying to rescue them from. So, the conditional love of God. Look with me and I close with John. Look at John 14 and 15. And all the time, I want you to be asking yourself, am I smack dab in the middle of the love of God? Not am I loved by him, but am I in the most intimate place I could be? Listen to John 14. Verse, uh, pick up verse 21. Whoever has my commandments, uh, 14.21 of John. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. I'm amazed at people who say, I love you, Lord. I just don't want to obey you. I told the uh, impossible story, the gross story of my early days in the church. A young man came to me. He happened to be of a Baptist persuasion. He's dating a Pentecostal girl. He's living in fornication with her. And he comes to me and he says, Pastor, I want you to teach this girl the truth about tongues. She's all mixed up. I said, she's all mixed up, and you're fornicating. You never brought that up. I guess Baptist, that's okay. No, no. Ignore that he's in total disobedience to God, but he wants to straighten out this girl that he's living with. But I love Jesus. Oh, you do. Jesus said... Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Now notice that. If you're loving Jesus, the Father will love you in a special way that he doesn't love the world. This is intimate. This is deeper. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. You see that verse right there? This is conditional. If you're loving me, my Father will be loving you. And I'll be disclosing myself to you in fellowship and and intimacy. But you've got to be obeying me. Well, I don't want to obey you. I don't want to. Well, God hears that all the time. You just won't be loved. He won't answer your prayers. He won't discipline you. He won't disown you. But he's going to cut off the assurance that you're being loved by him. It's totally different. He says in John 15, there's a little startling to us grace people. They got, I'm loved, I'm loved, no matter what I'm doing. Well, you are loved just like a perishing world's love, but this is conditional love. You won't get answers to prayers you don't pray. 
And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.